Ted, it's that time again. Time for two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Everyone's favorite podcast. And I think we have some some breaking news. Are we not on a new platform? Oh, yeah, we're on Podbean now. Podbean. Podbean. Yeah, so we're uh that puts us on Pandora Woo. and Tune In and a couple others. So, yeah, uh if you thought we were <clears throat> big before, guess what? We're even bigger now. And if you didn't think we were big before, then your opinion probably hasn't changed. But anyhow, yeah, we, we're on a pod bean now. That's outstanding. So we'll have to thank our IT team for, for taking care of that. I'll tell you, that staff is really yeah. working hard. Yeah, was Joey, Betty, Sue, and Mark, is that the group we have now? Yeah, Joey's in charge over there with those folks. Yeah, that's awesome. great job. Well, Ted, I don't know. And one thing that's been bothering me for the past couple months, the whole idea of people being rude. Just in general, like on the road and when you see them and things like that. Have you noticed that at all when you're obviously out and about in the Cleveland Uh, area at all? Yeah, I think it's because people have been (laughs) bed up for a year and now they're out and everything is upsetting everybody. Well, I I did some research. I like to do research. I know you do a lot, but I do a little bit. And I found out that Ohio is the 10th ranked state when it comes to the rudest states in the United States. Oh, okay. How about that? Uh, uh, Where's this from? Uh, It's a site called Zippa, Z-I-P-P-I-A. Okay. So they basically what they do is they do all these tests based on bad driving and people's bad attitude and then the percent of rude drivers. And then the other part is average tip that people give. Mm-hmm. And then the amount of cursing to customer service agents, which I think is ridiculous. That's then- stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm tired of that. Yeah, I really am. Yes. And so basically they came up with all these different stats and put the data together. And now we, we finished 10th in the state of Ohio. Who do you think finished, finished number one? Oh, I would guess New York, but I would have guessed the same thing. But actually, number one is Rhode Island. The smallest state in the country <laughs> is the rudest. Rude. Well, good thing they don't have any more land. Because <laughs> they, they would just be even more off the reservation. Oh. There. And then Oops. second was Massachusetts, third Virginia. California was fifth. New York fourth. And then Washington sixth. So we're, we're just below Illinois, which obviously very comparable type of state and size and all that kind of stuff. And they have some pretty big cities in Illinois, but uh, yeah, we're, we're 10. So ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, let's get happier. I, I don't yeah. want to be the rudest well, state in 2022. I'll all tell right. You hold, I, I'm going to tell you right now what I think of this, this list and this ranking. <laughs> That's what I think. Ken. What can I make some comments on that as well? Oh, please do. That's my thoughts. Okay. I'm glad we got that off our chest. Well, let's move to the show now here, because coming up, a French street artist is taking that job title seriously. We're going to explain in our good news segment. We're also going to explain the phrase or where the phrase, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, where that came from. We have a Cavs memory to talk about this week in Cleveland sports. In Klopp's Clips, a mayoral candidate in Arizona 
at a campaign event interrupted by an adult toy. Oh, boy. I'll explain that. And we have a new segment. It's called The Great Debate, where one of us is going to square off with longtime friend, former news reporter, Sherry Russo, and we're going to debate topics that, well, we believe need to be debated. So that's coming up on the show as well. Ted, here's some good news. A French street artist is taking his work on the road, literally. The guy who calls himself MMM has started repairing street and sidewalk potholes with mosaic tile designs. Wow. Hmm. He calls this repair technique flacking and hopes it lifts the spirits of those passing by. Wow. How about that? We're going to put some pictures of this on our social media because I saw some pictures of this guy's work. It's really cool. You know, there's a pothole and it's almost like the asphalt or whatever is on the road uh, uh, was covering up. This is the way he makes it look. Ah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I look yeah, forward really to seeing neat. that. So, Here's yeah. a question for you. Do you think this would help us lower our ranking as being one of the rudest states? No. F- so that's some good news. for a new segment called The Great Debate. This segment is the opportunity for a healthy discussion on many different topics between men and women. Mm. Each participant will have one interrupted minute to state their thoughts on a particular subject. At the end of each session, both participants will then have a chance to rebuttal. There won't be a name winner after each debate. That is for the listening audience to decide. Mm -hmm. Now, the questions are sealed in an envelope. They've been reviewed by the FBI, the CIA, and top men and women to make sure the participants haven't heard the questions. Now, here are today's contestants. A longtime news reporter and friend to two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Sherry Russo. And her opponent, who does need an introduction and is looking more and more like an aging Oral Hershiser type. Yep, that's me. questions on what we're doing here today? Are we good to go? I think we're ready to go. Jerry, are you ready? Yeah, I'm as ready as I'm going to get. <laughs> Question number one. What phone is better, in your opinion, an Android phone or an iPhone? Sherry, you get to start. All right. Well, I guess I have to say an Android phone because that's the only type of phone that I have ever owned. Uh, and the reason I say that is just twofold. One, it is intuitive to me because I use Microsoft products on my computer. I'm not a Mac person and an Apple uh, Apple device just uh, confuses me a little bit. It's not something that I naturally know what to do with. Um, and also, you know, I just, uh, I take it as a statement against the world being all Apple. Uh, so I go Android, that's why I do it. Um, and I've never, I do have an iPad though, because I felt like I needed to at least somewhat understand it, but it's really old now. I mean, it's like eight years old. So it's like the, I can't even download new apps to it. Uh, so Android, Android is my answer. Android. All right. Mr. Klopp. Yes. Time for you to give your answer on what phone is better in your opinion, Android or iPhone. There is, there is no question here. It's an iPhone. It's quite simple. Now, I am not a Mac person either. 
I use Microsoft products in my daily life. And my iPhone integrates wonderfully with these products. I don't have any problems that I used to experience with my Android. My, my iPhone has continued to work seamlessly and flawlessly. It's now three years old and it continues to hum right along. Whereas the Androids that I've had seem to about 12 to 18 months in, they go, <laughs> they just stop working, don't work as well. They slow down, whatever you want to say. So I'm not a Mac person, but the iPhone is a tremendous device and I will be sticking with the iPhone for the foreseeable future. So I'm sorry, Sherry, you need to get with the times and get an iPhone. Sherry, any comments to Ted after that statement? Now, do we have well, 60 seconds? Is this where we have our 60 seconds now? 60 seconds here okay. for rebuttal between the two of you. All right, go okay. ahead. Well, all I would say is the the price difference is astronomical. So well, do you want it to work or do you want it to just, you know, sit there and be a brick? But my, but my Android works. I don't have any trouble with my Android. It works just fine. I, no, I, I used to say hear. the same thing until I got my iPhone. Well, so that's what I'm interested to hear. What problems did you have with your Android? It slowed down. Apps wouldn't work. Apps would crash. I would open an app and it would just magically close. Never have I experienced any of those problems with my iPhone. And my okay. iPhone works I can see my notifications on the phone, on my Windows computer. I can connect the two. It's tremendous. Well, if you're if you're willing to spend like five times the amount, then sure, go ahead. But I'm not. iPhones are not five times the amount. My <laughs> yes, God. they are. It's no. Uh, All right. Thank God that's over. <laughs> well, good healthy debate. Good good answers by both of you. And once again, our listening audience are the judges, not not myself. I am more like Chris Wallace. I'm okay. wearing my glasses today. And I will not yell at either of you, to be honest with you. I'll stay very calm. Well, the glasses I are a good look, Ken. The glasses well, are a good look. Everybody, this is a good idea. I think if you're glasses, you're automatically smarter. I have on glasses. I know. I'm saying everybody. We're here. all wearing glasses. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Shows our age, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah that's so, true. We're going to yeah. move to question two. Okay. A little bit more of a serious question. Oh, boy. Should the voting age be lowered to the age of 16? Six. Ted, you get to answer first. 16? 16. 16. 16. No. The voting age should not be lowered to 16. My God, when you're 16, you're thinking about what time food, lunch is and where the pretty girl is in class. If you're a guy, and if you're a girl, you're probably... They're trying to figure out where the pretty girl, pretty uh, uh, guy is in class. So you're passing notes. You're planning the, your next uh, trip to the locker to get your next set of books or whatever. No, 16. No, there there are some uh, people that age that I would say, yeah, uh, we can trust with them voting. They're informed. But since this has to be uniform and across the board, not a chance. 16 is too young. I might even say that we should raise the driving age from 16, although I can see where parents are like, no, get them, give them, get them out of here. So, but no, 16 years old, too young to vote, no chance. All right. Sherry, your thoughts? Well, I'm not quite sure that I disagree with Ted. 16 is very young, but I have a 16 year old. 
uh, who, thank God he started driving because that has made my life amazing. I don't have to run two kids around every direction. I'm only worried about one now. Uh, but um, I would say he is, he's very well informed. He uh, has some pretty strong opinions on things. Um, and I think he would be a responsible voter. Now, some of his buddies though, no way, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, they can't even, uh, they can't even sign up for the driver's test right without my help. Um, so I would say no way on that, but, um, but I also think they'd filter themselves out. Uh, Ryan's buddies are not going to vote. They're not going to do it. Uh, but he, he might, and I think he would be good. So, so I think they would filter themselves out. Ted and Sherry, great debate. Any additional thoughts on this topic? It sounds like, Sherry, you're suggesting that there's some way that we filter people to be allowed to vote at 16? Is that? No, 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 no. no. I, oh, you're uh, saying that. Oh, my God. I thought this was my thing. All right. Sorry. Sorry. We're going to have to. off the telemarketer. Anyhow, we're in the middle of a great debate here. So anyhow. Yeah, yes. So you're, so you're with me that because it has to be across the board, we can't have 16-year-olds voting. Well, I am with you, but I, I it's don't. It's painful to say, I know. No, no, I am with you on that. But I do think just like people who are not well-informed probably don't go to vote now. Oh, I don't know about that. 16-year-olds who are not well-informed are not going to take the make the effort to go vote. So I, they would filter themselves out. That's what I'm saying. I think there are people who are uh, can't say the name of the president, but yet they find their way to the voting booth. And well, I don't know. But anyhow. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Interesting debate. That was question two. This is flying along. We're now at the final question. Question number three. Hmm. Another one that has to pertain to, to kids, and obviously we understand all about children. Students should learn cursive in school. Oh, Jerry, you get to answer first. Should students <laughs> still learn about cursive in school? Uh, I have actually talked about this with many, many people because I have friends who are teachers who think that they should have to learn cursive in school. I, however, do not. Um, in my opinion, it is something that we have grown past uh, as a society. Uh, we don't we don't have uh, quill pens anymore. We don't write with calligraphy anymore. Uh, once we grow past it and we don't need it, we let it go. Um, I've had this debate with my mom, who says they're not going to be able to read old texts uh, if they don't know how to read cursive. And I'm like, all of those texts have been typed out and they're on the internet. Uh, so I don't think there's any reason that cursive is needed any longer and people just need to be willing to let go of the past uh, and move on to the future because before you know it, we're going to be, it's all going to be our thumbprint that identifies us anyway, so we don't need a signature. So I'm good. Interesting thoughts. Ted, your answer. Well, you know, I don't like to say when somebody's wrong, but... <laughs> No, we still need signatures because legally, if you have to sign your name, how are you going to sign your name? Yeah, someday if we have thumbprints on everything or a chip in our hand or whatever, but we're not there yet. So, yeah, we still need to be able to read and write and sign our names and take notes. Are we going to take notes? Are we going to print them? How are we going to uh, take we notes? 
Okay. Huh? I'm, not, I'm not. I said we type them. I'm That's not. All right. No, you can. Uh, you, you can. You can interrupt, and the the listening audience will understand uh, that you're interrupting. It's okay. Um, I, I like my 20, 20 seconds back. But anyhow, um, we need to be able to sign names. It's faster to write in cursive than it is to print. And the last time I checked, there is still calligraphy here in America. We still have people who are calligraphers, and there are cards that are written in calligraphy. So, yeah, there's still a use for it. Interesting. I get my 20 seconds back now. Well, you have I, an I opportunity to rebuttal if you like nice enough 30 seconds total i don't think i need to say much more i believe i was concise enough in my uh time there so yeah right. sherry anything any comments after ted's comments? Uh, i just think you know students have every kid has a chromebook now uh, they all type their notes uh, they're not handwriting in in cursive their notes and even when i did take notes i don't think i took them in cursive um but <laughs> But um, I think I printed them out. Every kid has a Chromebook. Every Come up to the Cleveland Municipal Schools and tell me how many kids have Chromebooks. Okay. How many kids have an electronic the, device? I don't know. I'm not familiar with the Cleveland okay. Municipal well, Schools, but I can go. tell Every you. Big city, there are kids in big cities that don't even have internet access, let alone a personal Chromebook or an iPad. They need to be able to write and take notes. And you can print. You don't need to write cursive. I would suggest to you that they need to do both. If they need to legally sign their name, how are they going to do it? I don't know. Because they're kids. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Tell me when, when Tell me when a kid would need to legally sign their name. I, well, I, but when you get to be 18, you're going to have to sign your name, aren't you? I don't. I don't how, about, how about when you uh, get a job? You can you print it. You don't job. need I said you can print it. I don't think it has to be in cursive. When you put your name on a document, I don't think you have to sign it in cursive. It's much easier to forge if you print it. When's well, the last I'll time? I'm, I'm going to keep myself in the middle because I am Chris Wallace. <laughs> uh, there is something called DocuSign now. Where there you it is. Initial, you initial everything. Yep. And then okay. they print your name. So. Okay. There is, there is that, but I, I, that I, see the, I see both sides of this because, yeah, you're going to have to sign your name in situations, but as technology advances, I, I don't know how much we're going to have to sign our name because it's going to be all electronic. So yep. we'll see. Agreed. Well, this was outstanding. This was a great segment. I really enjoyed this, the great debate. And uh, if any of our listeners have any questions that we should ask any of our participants in the future, please find us on social media and send us a message. But Sherry? Thanks for the uplifting answers you gave today and, and bringing the show to a, a positive note, because obviously Aww. at times people don't want to hear two middle aged men talking. And it's nice to talk to a woman who is very intelligent, a middle aged woman. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm not saying that that only causes no. problems. No, Sherry, I'm, I'm, I'm fine by me. Ages. We don't do that. Sherry, I'm just glad that you were here so we'd have somebody to point out the wrong answers. So Yeah, yeah. I love you too, Ted. Yep. <laughs> hey, Sherry, the pleasure was all yours. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. All right, Ken, let's take a look at another bizarre law. In Hawaii... It is illegal to place a coin in a person's ear. 
This strange law was enacted to protect the Kingdom of Hawaii coinage when Hawaii officially joined the United States in 1900. Now, here's my question. Where do magicians hide their coins when they're performing in Hawaii? I don't know. Well, I mean, the, you know, the trick with to pull the coin out. Well, maybe we don't know where they pull it from. Maybe well, we don't know. that's a whole separate story. Cleveland! This is for you! Another This Week in Cleveland Sports. We move to June 12th, 2017. It's when the Golden State Warriors beat the defending champion Cleveland Cavaliers 129-120 in Game 5 to win the series four games to one. First time the same teams had met for the third consecutive year. And as a Cavs fan, and Ted, I think you could speak about this as well, certainly tired of playing the Golden State Warriors, no doubt, at that time. Absolutely. That was, uh, yeah, I, I, I was tired of that. Now we have, we have Cleveland sports historian, Dusty Sloan with us. Dusty, this was the series where J.R. Smith didn't know how to call a timeout and wasn't quite as close or it was closer than four to one, but the Cavs certainly didn't, they were not championship material by the end of that. No, they certainly were not. And, uh, and June 9th was the only game that they won 137, 116. Like we said, lost the series four to one's the third time we played them. So I think every Cavs fan would echo your sentiments that we were all tired of playing Golden State at that point. But by that time, the Warriors were pretty much the preeminent team in the NBA. Obviously, going sixteen and one in that postseason, there I don't think anybody could. The Jordan's Bulls might not have been able to beat that team. Mm-hmm. So you look at that series, and yes, they won one game. They were banged up at that point. You're asking LeBron to do so many different things. But again, when you're looking at Golden State, third time in a row we played them. Both teams knew each other real well. And the fact that we were so banged up at that point, it was just it was a very tall task to try to beat Golden State in that series. One thing that people are going to talk about, obviously, we talked about that for a little bit, is game one with the J.R. Smith blunder. I've watched that probably about 15 times. (laughs) Cavs, you know, certainly you got George Hill at the line. He makes a free throw, ties the game, and then the second free throw he misses. Smith makes a heck of a play, and you could defend me on this one, Dusty. And, And then the part that I don't understand, he gets blamed for a lot. There was like four seconds left. So when he rebounded the ball, there was three seconds. Even when he was like going towards the side of the court, there's two seconds. Nobody called timeout. I don't understand that. I don't know why no one called timeout. Yeah, you can easily blame him because he's the one with the ball. Right. But the head coach also has to be able to know the situation. LeBron being the captain and the best player in the NBA has to know what the situation is. And when you look at the statistics from that series – J.R. Smith led the Cavs in three-point percentage that entire series. So you can make a good case that they wouldn't even have been as close as they were without J.R. Smith. So I think he gets probably too much of the blame in that situation. I would agree with you. It's interesting. J.R. Smith, probably the second most popular Cav from that championship team, despite what you just outlined, may have been his blunder, may have been the team's blunder, whatever. But, I mean – there's LeBron and then the rest of the team as far as popularity went. And Jr. was right up there despite that perception. But, well, we got one championship out of it, which is <clears throat> more than we'd had for the previous 40 years, right? 
<laughs> Hopefully I don't have to wait for another 40. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, Dusty, hey, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. All right. That's another This Week in Cleveland Sports. Cleveland! This is for you! All right, time for Where That Come From. We take a look at a common phrase and examine its origin. This week, it's don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Mm. Meaning finding fault with something that has been received as a gift or favor. Okay. Here's the origin. While buying a horse, people would determine that the horse's age and condition based on its teeth and then decide whether they want to buy it or not. Oh. So people say it's rude to look for the flaws in a thing that was given to you as a gift. Do you do that a lot when you receive something from Erica? When you, do you I look, look at it and say, wow, I don't really item? like this. No, this is I, wrong? Yeah, I know. I, I've learned to just simply say, thank you. May I have another? <laughs> Did I really be honest with you? I think you're full of it. You're very rude, you know. But that explains where don't look a gift horse in the mouth came from. <laughs> the most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Ken, it's time for Klops Clips. Here we go. An eBay seller in Utah started bidding at 99 cents for his item. 184 bids later, the item sold for $99,997. The item is a McDonald's chicken nugget shaped like a player character from the video game Among Us. What? Yep. The seller says the nugget is going to be frozen and air sealed for shipping to the lucky or unlucky, as the case may be, fired. Okay, I have an idea. We, we just look at all a bunch of different characters. We get nuggets. Yeah. Kind of get a, a razor or a saw and then put it in different shapes of every, anything. What do you think? I, New business. I think it's tremendous. Wow. Yep. $99,000. Oh, my gosh. The heck. What are you going to do with it when you get it? Are you going to eat it? I have no clue. <laughs> a New York driver. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> asthma. The guy's got asthma. A New York driver got a ticket for driving by himself in the carpool lane of the Long Island Expressway. This is not anything that is new as far as what people do, but how he did it is kind of interesting. Police spotted 20-year-old Justin Kunis driving with a white theater mask <laughs> rubber banded to the headrest of the passenger seat. <laughs> no word on the cost of the ticket, but usually they are north of about $100. <laughs> it's really actually a kind of a good move. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember years from uh, other clubs clips. Didn't we have someone that had a mannequin or something yeah, like that? Yeah, a mannequin. The uh, Cal- oh. guy in California had a mannequin with an Indian oh my hat gosh. on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a mask. And the headrest. Yeah. Just a mask. That's all. <laughs> oh, God. Motley Crue lead vocalist Vince Neil and his band headlined the Boone River Valley Festival in Iowa with less than stellar results. First of all, the Boone River Valley Festival in Iowa. Boy, that's a big one, Ken. (laughs) 
Anyhow, the problem started while the band was playing the Beatles' Helter Skelter. Neil appeared to forget the lyrics and have trouble keeping up with his band. Things ended 14 songs later during the song Girls, Girls, Girls. He just walked off the stage in the middle of the song. Now, the band kept playing and doing background vocals, even though there was no no lead singer at that point. By the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, Ken. Mildly Crew and Def Leppard, they were supposed to co-headline a stadium tour last year. It got uh, 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 rescheduled due to the pandemic. It's also going to feature Poison and Joan Jett. It's now been rescheduled for next summer. So oh, next summer. Wow, what a surprise. A to do before that tour kicks off, I'd Obviously, say. and our audience didn't have the chance to see the video. You'll have to check it out. Just look it up on uh, YouTube. But yeah. uh, Vince Neil doesn't look well. He, he looks like he's been partying since uh, last year and has not stopped. He looks like he's had a few of those uh, Among Us chicken nuggets. Wow, yeah. He, yeah. Looked, uh, he looked rough. Hope he can get it back together. A 35-man fishing crew working off Yemen netted a substance called ambergris. It's a very rare substance. It's referred to as floating gold. They found a 280-pound lump and sold it for $1.5 million. Wow. Ambergris is whale vomit. Oh, geez. Okay. It's sometimes used to make perfume scents last longer. This hunk was found in the carcass of a sperm whale. The fishermen shared the profits equally. Uh, several purchased new homes, cars, and boats. Wow. The whale vomit. I learned something new today. I did not know about ambergris. Yeah. A New Mexico sheriff running for mayor of Albuquerque was answering questions on stage at a campaign event when he was interrupted by a low-flying drone with an adult toy attached to it. Oh, Come on. 20-year-old man tried to grab the drone and then took a swing at the candidate before being arrested. He apparently was not flying the drone, and it's still unclear who was. The campaign for Bernalillo County Sheriff Manuel Gonzalez says he is not hurt and he will not be intimidated. He will not be intimidated by toys. No. No, he won't. Keep those toys away. He He's not intimidated by him. This is strange magic here, buddy. This is odd. A former Southwest Airlines pilot was given probation after admitting to some mile-high shenanigans. Oh, boy. 66-year-old Michael Hack <laughs> was piloting a flight from Philly to Florida last year. And once the flight got to a cruising altitude, he got up and disrobed while watching an adult film. All this went on in the cockpit while the first officer continued her work. The pilot retired last year, but Southwest <laughs> has now stopped paying his benefits. He retired. Of course he retired. He yeah. My guess is that this routine 
is not the first time he's done this. No. It's time for autopilot. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. An adult model in Mexico named Rocchio Pino, also known as La Grossera, that's translated as the rude one. She's running for her dream job, being elected to Mexican Parliament. Their main platform, free breast augmentation for all women. Oh, gee. <laughs> Come on. In her current job, Pino charges her nearly 60,000 subscribers uh, 144 bucks a year to see all she has to offer. Subscribers go to OnlyFans to see what she has to offer. Now, on the campaign trail, she has appeared in her birthday suit in an attempt to put her best foot forward. The election was June 6th. No word yet. I've been doing my best to keep abreast of this, but no results yet. Oh, boy. She didn't make it. Dream job. Dream job. Breast augmentation for all women. Yes. Well, yeah, that's going to go over really well. Yeah. Well, would you oh, vote for that? More than likely not. Yes. <laughs> wow. What do you What do you think Eowyn's position on this particular political topic would be? My answer would be, knowing what she would say, she would have no comment. No comment. Okay. No comment at this time. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think we're done commenting on this week's collection of Klopp's clip. Ken, we're wrapping up episode 58 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. This has been one of our ruder episodes, I think. It all I'm going to started... tell you this right now. I, I don't really give a f- <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> it, it all started early on this one with that list, and that just sent it downhill. All I know is that I want to be, no, I don't want to be, but I would like to be at a point as the air, airline pilot, Mike Hack, where you just don't care. He, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't care. He's going to retire and we're going to throw everything on autopilot and do crazy stuff. Why not? It's interesting. We are maybe, you know, sometimes I, I don't want to follow in his footsteps because he seems like a weirdo. But I would like to have his mentality of not caring. Right. I- I know that my next gift for you is going to be a white theater mask. Oh, my God. Driving the HOV lane. I am still laughing on that. That is one of the funniest things I've heard in a long time. And I do know that I'm going to buy a small saw and a bunch of chicken nuggets, and we're going to make action figures and sell them for $99,000. Well, that's just some of what this week brought. Next week on the show, we have a gentleman who has created some eucalyptus-based bedding. Wow. And the name of his company is Sheets and Giggles. That's outstanding. Sheets and Giggles. Colin McIntosh will be here to talk all things bedding. So get your get your bedding questions ready, Ken. I have things written down. I do have trouble sleeping at times, and maybe Sheets and Giggles, Mr. McIntosh, can help me with that. I look forward to talking with him. Well, that'll do it for this episode. We want to thank uh, Dusty Sloan, our Cleveland uh, sports history expert, and Sherry Russo. Thank her for uh, losing the great debate. That's always nice when that I don't happens. know about that. I don't uh, know if she lost. She, I, I thought she put up a good fight. That was actually on a serious note. 
you guys both had good points. First, not knowing the questions that I came up with with that whole routine, I thought you both did extremely well. That was a, that was a great segment. We'll have to do that again. I don't know. I I think I won, but you know, you're entitled to be wrong too. But you got to be confident in yourself, Ted. <laughs> you always have to be confident. You always think when you put yourself in a spot and you have a competition, you want to win. So yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. And if okay. we had Sherry Russo on right now with us, she would say the exact same thing. Yeah, she's entitled, she's entitled to be wrong too. That's true. But uh, that'll do it for this episode, Ken. So let's wrap it up. We're two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.